They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. As always, I am your host, Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa. And before I get into my very special guests who amazingly were able to find some uh, time away from their youth groups to come here and talk to me today. I'm going to thank my $15 or more a month patrons. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price collaborating online, Alex Shaw, Seth Comfort, Seth Decker, Andrew Krause, Robert V. Aldrich, Aaron Moriarty, Carolyn Thompson, Scott Arcuri, Shore Hansen, Gusted, and the Geeks with Shields. Thank you all so much for your support especially during this last crazy year that we've had um, all of your support has made doing what I love and talking to awesome people a lot easier because it allows me to not feel like I'm taking time away from money-making enterprises that would rather be supporting me and my family so anytime you get to do what you love and get a little money for it at the same time it's a wonderful thing today's show is brought to you by the geeks with shields podcast because nepotism is real um each week host Sachs and Ulrich provide a nerdy escape from the darkest timeline talking everything from comics to long forgotten movies and tv shows if the darkest timeline has you down check out the geeks with shields podcast for all your nerdy needs and that brings me to today's guests you've heard some of them from the uh episode we did discussing mass hysteria the local filmmaking group of awesome folks they're here today to talk about their film youth men uh so folks um introduce yourselves hi i'm ariel Semino, and i am a co-director and producer of Ma- of mass hysteria and youth men um, and um yeah i'm also a co-story creator I'm Christopher O'Connell. I was the screenwriter for Youthman, and as you mentioned, the screenwriter also for Mass Hysteria. And I am Jeff Ryan. I am the other director with Ariel, and I helped with the story, and I play Pastor D as well. So Youthman was a 2018 film you guys all made, and the official, at least IMDb, one-line description, is an over-enthusiastic youth pastor and his troop of misfit teens head to Bible camp. And, you know, that's definitely the a good way to describe the film, but it was way more than that to me. You, you guys, you really nailed this one. Um, not that you didn't nail Mass Hysteria, but I don't know if it will speak the same to people that didn't go through youth group, um, like, like me, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Um, but, but, but I think, I think that's one of the best things about it is I think it really will because it it hits instead of it being like a satire that is like, you know, coming at this from, Oh, we're just going to, you know, take down and make fun of something like this. Cause it's so easy. Um, you know, that some people would do is the approach instead. It uses it as a, uh, as a, a starting off point for just teen drama and teen comedy and just any awkward coming of age story. And I think you did a great job of finding that balance. Cause yeah, youth, youth ministers can be, you know, weird and, you know, like overly, you know, trying to be overly nice, you know, and um, overly, uh, you know, um, what's the word like kind of 
almost um, contradicting themselves, you know, and things like this. And yeah, it, it brings on a lot of interesting types of people and interesting things. But instead, the movie had a lot of heart and was really wholesome, I felt. And it just made me smile the whole damn time. Thank you. Thank you. That's like, that's really good to hear because when, when we started uh, the story creation and uh, uh, Jeff and Ariel started creating the story first and then came to me for the, the writing process, it w- from the beginning, this wasn't meant to be a uh, make fun of uh, the, the church you know, in like a mean way, it was it was always supposed to be a poke fun at the weird side of uh, especially evangelical youth groups. Um, And, you know, it it came out exactly the tone uh, we were really hoping for at the end. That's awesome. It it always reminds me of like when when Kevin Smith was kind of taken to the rails by the Catholic Church for dogma and him turning around and going guys i go to church every sunday like i like the the story yeah. outside of having a lot of really you know dirty jokes in it is really bible accurate <laughs> like come on guys <laughs> i don't know how bible accurate youthman is but uh i, I understand what you mean. <laughs> it's definitely I, christian culture accurate yeah, yeah that's that's for, for sure I've, I've showed the trailer to, to people that i know that are still involved at a level like this you know either through boy scouts or through you know other things where they're still at the church and still dealing with youth in a church setting and they're like oh my god they go that movie is either perfect or it's going to give me tons of cringy ptsd (laughs) (laughs) i said it's probably going to be a little of both but you won't you won't feel like it's making fun of you after you you guys found the heart i think because you know it easily could have veered and again i was i was prepared for anything right because with mass hysteria you definitely um lean heavier into the condemnation of you know what things like that can do that are bad do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so in this movie i was preparing for the you know camp counselor that takes advantage of the kids or you know something like that and none of that's there it's all very innocent and you know yeah there's dirty humor in there but it's it's innocent, dirty humor. You know, I, I, I always go back to, to Pastor D still confused. So Mark didn't give me a blowjob. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of the funniest deliveries in this entire damn movie. Oh, man. Yeah, we adore that scene. That I mean, that's always when we played festivals. I think that was the scene where, like, if you weren't, like, if you weren't totally into the movie by that point, like the laughter was so loud during that whole scene that people were just like on board for the rest of the movie. And we knew we like, we had something when we kind of got to that point. It is. And and I'll be completely honest with you guys. This is not, you know, like me playing it up. I literally put this movie on now when I'm like doing work and stuff. There's just something about, there's something about the score, the soundtrack. And again, you know, I am a very, God, I, I don't. I can't tell you the last time I was in a church. I, you know, definitely have a more cynical view of these types of things. But this movie really opened back up that, you know, oh yeah, th- there was actually a lot of fun to that part of my life too. But the, yeah. yeah, the evangelical people do take it a bit too far. And and I love that that Pastor D is a character 
the movie never outright villainizes him. It, he's he's just he's a guy that's trying too hard, but at the end of the day, the kids all still really like him, you know, mm-hmm. even though he's does a lot yeah. of things wrong, you know. Yeah, I I I mean we remember Ariel Jeff. Do you remember how hard I wanted? I wanted there to be a scene of him stealing from the, uh, uh, you know, the tithing um, to pay his way to go to camp. Oh, my and, God. I really wanted it. And Ariel and Jeff were like, no. And and that's that was a good decision because that would be a kind of scene that would villainize, you know, someone who, you know, just wants kids to have a good time, but has this, you know, secret side agenda that ultimately ends up costing him. Mm-hmm. Mm. We also felt like it distracted from um, really understanding his flaw, which is not, you know, which we didn't want it to be so focused on he stole from the church and more like his flaw is he's hyper-competitive and has an anger problem. When you hear that original line of you know, <laughs> the thing I really can't get down with with Christianity is the whole turn the other cheek thing. And I'm like, oh, man, this guy should not be a youth pastor. <laughs> like, right there, that's it. Like, I would have liked it if he was my youth pastor because it's like, yeah, give him hell. You know, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, you, you definitely. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, it's with that through line everyone's reaction to him and just the goofy, strange things that people do throughout this movie, it all exists in kind of a realistic, like, you know, there's no big negative thing that goes down. Like he has his big blow up and runs out and even um, Jill there running, running it, you know, kind of has reaction of, Oh, well that was a little awkward. Let me, let me kind of try to bring the room back. Cause this is all about unity. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. And then, and then the kids come out happy still. Hey, cool, we got a shirt. I'm going to come back next year. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you, you were overcompensating, dude. Like, they're, they're, they're doing fine. Yeah. Um, so where did you, where, where did the idea come from? So um, Jeff and I kind of had thought about two different ideas separately before. It was actually my college roommate and I who we thought of a short film um called lent and i grew up catholic and i had a lot of evangelical friends and i thought you know it'd be funny to follow like a ccd group who gave up stuff for lent and they all gave up these ridiculous things and it was all these like characters that i thought of teens that i thought were so funny and um jeff separately kind of had this idea from a long time ago about this youth pastor and then we made a um we actually made a TV pilot was our first attempt as working together. And it kind of youth men kind of sprouted from, uh, from, from that. Wow. So how long have you guys all known each other? We went to, oh, there's a bee chasing me. Um, we went, sorry. <laughs> uh, it was terrifying just so you know. And yeah, we all went to college together and, Ariel and I did improv together for a little bit, and then we all kind of took classes here and there together. We all knew each other because we went to a very small school. And yeah, I mean, it's it's funny how we kind of came together in, in such an organic way. I mean, uh, I, I think it started, you know, we always talk about it, but just we're all very, very close friends through all this process. And 
figuring out how to do a lot of things together. Bring some pretty cool uh, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty awesome, honestly. We just have been really fortunate to have great friends and a good community. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah. So, are you all roughly around my age? Are we all, like, mid-30s? Early 30s. For Early us. 30s? Yes, yes, I was going to say, because, you know, the, the characters in this movie felt like people I would have been in youth group with in at my age in your age you know what i mean the, there wasn't you yeah. know like like ev- i knew 20 kids just like steven right you know <laughs> totally. like the the, qui- the quiet semi anarchist you know you're not really sure what's going on with him hipster yeah. kid that when he finally speaks is like the best at, at all of this and is just really quiet you know um and you know i, I knew a whole bunch of debs right and i knew you know, you, you know a whole bunch of Ruths. Um, God, Ruth is such a funny character. Oh my God! Um, I, I said to my wife, I I I showed her a, a scene with Ruth, and I was like, "This is your roommate from college," and I didn't even mean it in a negative way. It's just that that innocent, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of outside life experience. Can I can, can I speak in church? I was like, oh my God, this is perfect. <laughs> And yeah. again, the movie the movie never condemns any of these people or passes judgment on them. Even um even uh, Pastor D's uh, foil there, the head of the other group, who is the the other opposite end of the spectrum of you know the type of youth pastor or any sort of leader that you know just really doesn't care about any of the kids. Right? This is all just for show and for him to you know with their their matching you know coats and stuff like that. They're just like all right. It kind of reminded me of Glee. You know, when you see like the the other team oh, show, totally. yeah, they're in like their yeah. sequined like matching outfits and <laughs> it's, it's yes. very performative. Uh, right. By the way, Matt Matt is it Matt Pruce? Matt Pruce? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he's stand. I mean, your your whole cast in this movie is fantastic. But in in Mass Hysteria and this, I I don't know where you found that guy, but he understands the assignment. Let's just yeah. say he's, he's a talent that I think deserves so much more recognition than he gets it's crazy he just you you just hand him a role and he just takes it and makes it his own completely and it's always great uh, i we can't speak high enough of matt he would I, he would hate me for saying this but he was my eighth grade spanish teacher really <laughs> yeah <laughs> really he doesn't seem like he's that much older than you guys he is uh, late thirties, early forties. I, I don't know. You wow! Know? Doesn't look a day over twenty. I'll tell you. And he yeah. doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that's really wonderful about Matt and the rest of our our cast and our crew, honestly, is that they were all they were all familiar with this world. I don't think there was a single actor who wasn't familiar with the christian evangelical world so i think it it made it really fun like the cast there was a lot of improv going on so it was absolutely necessary for for us to have these actors and many of them are just our friends from improv or um our friends that we knew from college and they were all willing to hop on board and you know devote their devote 14 days of their time to to making this movie with us and it was a blast to just be surrounded by friends and us just trying to make each other laugh and developing those characters together watching them 
have their own arcs as the story goes on. It was so it was so awesome and and hilarious. It was it was a great experience to work with everybody. Yeah, all that that's that's awesome. And you know, that brings me that brings me into your awesome cast. Um uh Thomas there, Luke, Luke, Luke Deerdorf, right? He's he's great in Mass Hysteria and he's great in this. Um one of my favorite bits is of his, even though he he has so many great lines in this, just the the constant scribbling in the notebook. Thomas had an entire vagina drawn in his notebook. Just like, oh my god, like just the over attentive, like writing everything down. But the um is in the end credits, the blooper thing, where he's the only one keeping this straight face, talking about the water bottle, and he goes, "Oh my gosh!" But 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 my water bottle's in in the other room. <laughs> and everyone's so dying. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, this is too much. You know what's funny? My my youth pastor did the water bottle thing. Yep. Like thing. as soon oh, as God. soon as I saw those on the table, I'm like, oh God, no, this is too authentic. <laughs> I'm yeah, you, Jeff, I, you had that happen to you, right? I, I've seen it six times in person at different churches. <laughs> I, I, I mean it, this needs to be in it. It's like a thing that everyone mm-hmm. does. And it, it definitely is a really good way of getting the message across. The fact that it comes right after Deb calling uh, Pastor D is just the biggest moron I've ever met is <laughs> such a funny line because you can see where it's like Pastor D totally gets the point he's trying to make, but he just goes overboard on and, and it jumps right from, you know, like a perfectly normal conversation into, oh, dude, you just drove into that way too quick. <laughs> and <laughs> the, the awkwardness of everybody in the audience. And then, of course, uh, you know, Mark's, um, dude, don't wear gym pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Uh, I left my guitar in my mom's car. <laughs> so that that guy, I feel like I've met him and, and only because he's. He that character is so you know the the you know, the gym short or you know always wearing um like board shorts you know or or a like, you know kid with an acoustic guitar that also you know uh, plays kumbaya at the local youth group and it's just yeah where'd you find him he was fantastic also went to uh, also went to college with us um, and he was my roommate very briefly actually. Um, but yeah, Will Will Martin, and uh, yeah, he's so funny. And so funny. I went Gosh. to my youth group was basically just full of marks, so <laughs> he was he was astoundingly easy to write for, and it because you get so many great. It's always great to have like a really like kind of dumb character to <laughs> to just say the, this ridiculous stuff, and uh, he pulled it off so well. So, uh, yeah, so good. He delivered it organically. It's like, you know, it's it's hard to have a character that acts the way that Mark does, that it sounds um, just authentic to the character. Like, even the, uh, you, know, you know, you ever read loop de Oh, this is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, that, it's when you... <laughs> that is a real thing. Uh, no way. Yeah, no, that was at my camp, so... Um, I went to this basically same exact camp, you know what I mean? And loop de doos was a was a thing, and I ate them. You just you poured Mountain Dew over your cereal, oh, um, so specifically gross. Fruit Loops, and it tasted like <laughs> Pop Rocks in your mouth. 
That's amazing. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> I uh, I love too how to the to the audience Mark and Hannah's relationship. Anyone that's ever been around young kids that are like it's totally obvious from the beginning, and Jeff coming to that realization of like. But like Mark's like my friend. Like I see, but really, <laughs> like he just has. Like... <laughs> and um and uh, Rachel, who is just the sweet. Like I-, I love that character because she's she's you know the most broken person in this group, right? Like she, her constantly questioning, you know, why would they even hire me? Like I am I am literally the thing that Pastor D was talking about that's bad. Like in that conversation at the beginning. And, and oh god his the scene with them in his office uh you know oh you dog you know and i'm just yeah. like oh god this is so fucking awkward this is great <laughs> um yeah, so- but i gotta say who who did your set set design was this like you know you guys just throwing stuff together or was it just how it was because the attention to detail on the type of stuff like a that like mix of college dorm room and like you know, um, like things that a youth minister would have, you know, the straight edge flag, you know, the, all the shirts he had, it was just so legit. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, so real quick before that, just, uh, I want to give a shout out to, uh, Tori Grace Hines who plays Rachel. Cause I, I really, I truly think she's like the glue that holds this movie together. And that's actually Ariel's sister as well, which is oh, wow. actually. Yeah. And um, I'm married to Thomas now in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yes. Amazing. It's so funny. Um, um, but Amber Prim did our set design and um, she was our art director. She was, she's just the, a powerhouse of a woman who can do, and she's also from that same world. And we, and she just worked so hard on keeping yeah. the tone, the, the pieces, the props, um, all fitting into that world where you can look at that and be like, oh my gosh, it like really is a youth pastor's office. And it was actually a youth pastor's office that we did use. So a lot <laughs> of the, the groundwork was already there, but Amber added so, so much, much of that stuff that made Jeff's character, made Pastor D just so, like she's the one who figured out how to make that disgusting stick on soul patch that like... I was going to ask, is that just how you looked at the time? or Because I'm watching the movie and I sent over to Chris a screen grab from it when I was watching it. And I was like, this is too perfect. Way too perfect. Every single youth minister would that like, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm kind I'm kind of your boss. I'm kind of like father figure. I'm kind of, but, but I'm also your friend. I'm like you. Check yeah. out how cool I am. I mean, I definitely could not grow a soul patch. So that was like our big issue was like, we knew we needed a soul patch and we had two of them, and Amber, I mean, also just to explain a little bit of the work Amber had to do as one person, and, like, she had some help, but, like, seriously, such, like, a small crew to make this movie. You know, we, we had, in the movie, we call it, like, seven days, character days. So, like, every day you have an outfit in the movie, and we're shooting out of order. So she had to coordinate, like, over 12 actors' outfits and seven different outfits for every scene. So it was just so much work that she did, and she just knocks it out of the park. So she really deserves, and everyone in the world should hire her if they can. Um, yeah. But the the soul patch was disgusting, and poor Amber, on top of doing all that, basically, we would use like this glue to stick it to my face, and it was really annoying, honestly. 
because she would have to come over midday and like re-glue it and clean it with like a toothbrush and it was disgusting and i actually still have it i keep it in my backpack all the time <laughs> that's it's funny in your sd card slot in your little yeah, SD, in my card SD card case <laughs> oh my god yeah that's that that damn soul patch that like if you want to go authenticity that's it right there that's it yeah, that was a day one story creation. You're like, this guy has a soul patch. Like it wasn't it wasn't a question. <laughs> yeah. I like mood board was like frosted tips and soul patch. It was basically the lead singer of that uh sugar ray. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say, yeah. Exactly. Mark McGrath just walks into your set. Yeah. Let me yeah. today I want to talk to you about Jesus. Really, yeah. Mark McGrath? <laughs> <laughs> and I even liked, you know, uh how in in his spiel, you know, he's he's very much centered on letting these kids have fun and being a mentor to them. And it's like everything this guy's saying is legit. And I love like, you know, but but maybe it gets them closer to Jesus. It's like, no, he does not care about this job. <laughs> like he's <laughs> he, he he still thinks he's 12 and he just wants to have a good time. And to go back to, to Tori for a minute with Rachel, because you, like you said, she's incredible in this. And it's really hard. I wouldn't say she's playing the straight man to, to, to Jeff, of course, the straight, you know, but there's more to it than that because she's the adult. Like even the other youth group people are acting like children. They're like at this summer camp and she's, yeah. you know, she's accelerated into adulthood and moved forward from these guys because, you know, she's pregnant. She's lost her job. There was, there's some shit that went down with Tori in her life before Rachel, before we meet her here, that when she opens up a little bit to Jeff, it makes the movie very real and very centered. And yeah. you start to get the feeling that Jeff really hasn't had to deal. Sorry, not Jeff, real Jeff. Pastor D really hasn't had to deal with anything like that. Like the real world, you know, she's like, you're just realizing now life isn't fair. Come on, guy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Very, very, uh, very telling moment. And, you know, she as a character, you like you notice that she's always the one leading discussions. And whenever <laughs> whenever Pastor D is leading discussions, he's just talking. Yeah. Um, because he likes to hear the sound of his own voice. Um <laughs> And, you know, she's trying to bring, uh, you know, like a little bit of a deeper uh, meaning to these kids. And then you discover that teenagers are still teenagers and won't listen to you regardless of what you try to do. (laughs) Right. I think that's a really cool thing that it portrays. And again, it doesn't beat you over the head with it. It, These things all feel very natural in the movie, which I think the, the mockumentary format that you used really helped that because it allows you to have scenes where you're just viewing people doing stuff, but you're hearing a different conversation over it. And I, I love that method of moving a story forward where, you know, you see like pastor D interacting with the kids, but there's an interview with someone about how pastor D has something wrong or how this might work. Right. And I'm like, wow, this is very um, efficient storytelling. Should I say? Thank you. Yeah, we we worked really hard on making sure that that tone was correct because, you know, we all are have really good sensors for when something becomes preachy or overly kind of like 
uncomfortable or cheesy. And we really wanted to strike that chord and make sure we weren't, number one, make sure we weren't insulting anyone because a lot of our friends and family still were very, are still and are uh, very devout Christians. And, you know, we want everybody to be able to watch this movie without being offended. And we want everybody to feel like they could get something out of it. That's not just Christian, but just human, like, like and and make and bring christianity to a humanization like you're just like everybody else like you have laws <laughs> like in this yeah. world is crazy like the stuff that you make teenagers do at youth group is crazy like it's really ridiculous yeah mm-hmm. and oh, we've God, has... gotten go ahead you know, i was just gonna say we've generally gotten such like i think you know when you put out a movie like this you you are kind of um scared you'll get a little bit of a backlash from the community you're poking fun at but we've had like really good responses from actual like youth pastors you know yeah and that's been just like really affirming um as we've gone forward well and you know you remind people that regardless of if it's you know christianity if it's boy scouts if it's just regular high school regular community groups whatever teenagers go through the same stuff you can you can say that it's not oh it's not cool to speak about it or it's not this but kids are going to ask questions about this kind of stuff you're going to have to do lessons about this kind of stuff and seeing the awkward way the you know maybe just a few years older than the teenagers people work their way through it and try and then realizing that some of the kids are older in their years you know like like deb who just 100 percent is a better teacher than all of these people you know (laughs) that's what i thought and 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 i I like that character because i knew so many you know when you look at her immediately it's area the cough the the quiet goth you know probably the least religious person in the group but Maybe just by look, you know, you might assume, but 100% gets and understands all of it better than the pastors, you know, mm-hmm. um, and picks out some of the nastiest parts of the Bible to just know front and back, which I thought was hilarious, which makes Thomas even more into her, which is even funnier. Um, <laughs> but, you know, then you get someone like um, Mr. Chris in that one scene, which oh, I thought gosh. was hilarious. The you know, you're trying to be hip, you're trying to say you're there for the kids, but this guy has never had to have a conversation about sex in front of a woman in his life, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and and Deb's incredible um, fence post um, virginity loss story. Uh, God doesn't believe in walls. Could I talk to a guy, please? Yeah. Like, I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> That's, I love uh, I love the way Brett played that character because that I remember going to a like my Christian camp you 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 went to classes like you picked classes to yep. go to and various youth pastors were holding um, little seminars or whatever and one of them was about masturbation and you know like, like this pastor got up and basically like to a room of like 16 year old boys was like yeah you know what like the Bible doesn't say too much about masturbation, but, you know, if you want to please your wife, you don't want to do it too fast. And masturbation teaches you to do it too fast. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like a bunch of six year old guys are like, yeah, I, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> and that was like 
10 a.m. You know. Like, oh my god! This is how you start the day. <laughs> so, an experience that I had that 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 scene reminded me of was seventh grade. So 13, 14 years old, I was at St. Mary's in Lynn. Um, and we had, you know, they had the, the health class or the, you know, the, the, the lady would come in and talk to you about this kind of stuff. And they had a bunch of guys sitting in a circle. And one of the guys thought it would be really funny to ask this, you know, 65, 70 year old lady what a 69 was. Of course. <laughs> and let me tell you, th- th- this lady has been there and done that you know, conversation before because she gave him an honest and very explicit answer. And that kid was just sitting there and she goes, any more questions, gentlemen? And I was like, wow, wow. good for her. That's awesome. She's like, did you really want to hear someone my age explain that to you? You get the heart of, um, of what's going on with kids in this type of situation without having to go into the darker places that you know the more the more evangelical the people that take it a little too seriously instead you get the heart of just growing up in in a small microcosm of you know youth group or catholicism of christianity but at the same time they're all they're all just people that's uh that's that's 100 what we set out to do and we're like super happy that we we got there um it, you know, especially when the first edit came out, it was like, wow, we 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 hit it. We hit the nail. And uh, I mean, just to kind of second that, Chris O'Connell, uh, I think there was like this weird, uh, we, we've made a lot of things in the past individually and together. And I think while on set, we just knew we had something special and it came with a lot of, uh, a lot of pressure too. Like one of the things you mentioned was that uh, you know, and a lot of the reviews we're getting is like it's satirical, but it's not. It's not rude. It's not bashing religion or anything. And I think I remember when we did, we were prepping for the sex talk. Like Ariel, myself, uh, I think Chris was actually there that day, and Tori went in the other room, and we just felt the weight of doing that scene because we didn't want the scene to come across like we were making fun of. Uh, anyone giving a sermon, we wanted the joke to be about someone who doesn't understand this, uh, how to deliver something, uh, making fun of that person, making fun of those, the way someone goes about doing that. And it was one of the hardest things to get through, both on that side and then also just like impossible not to laugh every time you're giving a fake sermon about dirty water bottles and sexual purity. (laughs) Oh, God. And I love that the line comes from it starts with how many of you are in school? How many of you are sexually pure? The perfect transition. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, and it it's funny because you can see a lot of like you working through the the awkwardness of that in the outtakes. You know, with more more lines of Jeff, then then you get some up up the shirt action, and he just can't keep his straight yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, just a sound clip of that would be enough to just like ruin. The, it's so cringy. You, the 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 quiet, like I'm working in a mouth on privates, and like, you're just like <laughs> and, and the angle of everyone just creepily sitting there, and all the cuts to Rachel, like kind of rolling her eyes, like oh God, oh God, he's trying so hard and he is not doing this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we loved it. 
That was that was a there was a few scenes that were very tough to get through just because we couldn't stop laughing. That was definitely one of them. And that's where the where the water bottle is over there, you know, came from, you know, because oh, it was great. And I don't I don't know how Thomas I don't know how he keeps a straight face. Like Luke's very good. I thought his water bottle was actually in the <laughs> Right. My, my husband I'll say a few things about my husband. He's he is a he's genuinely like whatever he plays a character, it is very much almost who he is. So I think it's very easy for him to stay in character because he's basically just has to be himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I I, I want to meet all of you. This is so damn funny. Um, what was I going to say? Th- that brings me to an, an important part about Thomas. You know, you're, you're making a religious, a, a movie about something involving religion, and you have a youth pastor who believes he's found out one of his students is gay. And this is where I sat there and went, oh, how bad are they going to make this guy? You know, right. like, because because I, I know you could pull it off, Jeff, because you, you 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 teetered the line of just like the cringe and not. But I got to say, I really like the way you handled it, because he's more just like excited about it. Like, this is my first student that's ever been this way. I'm prepared for it. It's like I get to try out all this <laughs> learning that I have, you know, that I think I have. And his approach, I will say, is at least trying to say, like, hey, you can have these urges and things. And he turns it back into his mishandling of the sex talk more than, <laughs> oh, well, religion says this is bad, so I have to tell him it's bad. And I thought that was a really well-handled bit. The, it, it makes the joke really funny because it never gets... um preachy again is i guess the thing yeah. i'm looking for we just i mean i i'll speak only from my pov on it i mean i i would love to hear what ariel and chris have to say about this too just because it was a thing that obviously and as soon as people start seeing that scene start to take place everyone kind of squirms in their chair because that's like the that's the hot button issue right of it's the elephant in the church world. right it's like well how are they going to handle something like this and we we're like well we need to do it because it's fun and funny and it, so, I mean, like to kind of sum it up quickly is uh, my character, Pastor D, walks in on Thomas giving what he thinks is someone a blowjob, another another young male student. And so he, he thinks Thomas is gay and he's going to give him, you know, he just wants to talk about it. But and not the other male student. Do I yeah. think that's also so funny. Is he thinks Thomas right. is, but not yeah. the other just, just the one doing it. It worked because he hates Steven. So yeah, he totally just does not get Steven at all. He doesn't want to Steven's talk to him about getting it. So and Steven doesn't talk. Yeah. But uh, I mean, we so we we talked about this endlessly because uh, I would assume most of our crew is probably you know that everyone has their own opinion on it. Uh, I'm very much pro. Uh, gay marriage and I you know but like we knew that this movie was balancing such a line we didn't want to like be like you know we didn't want to dismiss all audiences and make it about us a political issue instead we would thought how funny would it be if it just gets so off the rails immediately that the conversation never even happens right exactly um but I mean Ariel and Chris did such a great job just all of us just like work so hard to really like strike that balance because it is really hard. And I, I have to like credit Ariel and Chris so much with just figuring out how to balance a lot of these things. 
I think the a big moment too, because I think that we didn't want to shy away from the fact that like Pastor D is clearly like a homophobe. Like we were okay showing him yeah, as definitely. a homophobe. And the fact that he said, like, I think the biggest moment, I think whenever we watched it with audiences in theaters, when people would kind of gasp a little bit in that conversation, get really like upset, is when <laughs> Pastor D says, are you a homo? Yes. <laughs> it is yeah. like, it's like a I little, agree. it's very jarring. It um, is jarring. And I think that it's needed that because it's like, we're all waiting for him to come out and, and act like a homophobe because it's like, we all know he is. And like, like so and like letting it in a little bit, but we, you know, and that word being chose, yes. chose over, you know, various other things that we could have done. And, um, you know, I think it, it, it made it so uh, real because you know that there's people in the Christian world who are like that, who are like, I want to be really accepting. I also don't want to like, I also feel really uncomfortable. I also don't want to uh, like assume, you know, especially with parents of these kids, what they believe. Like, I think being a youth pastor is really hard in actuality, just because of you have to deal with so many varying degrees of Christian beliefs. Um, from parents and not not even just kids. So I think it's funny just putting this person who's clearly uncomfortable and you could clearly tell like that he's horrified of the situation, but is trying to be so like so professional. <laughs> so not. He was trying his damnedest. And and I do it, it it's great that you point that out. The yeah, the, the character is is a homophobe, but it's not it's like the I won't say the word innocent because there is no innocence in, in that kind of thing, but there's no like militarized hate about it. He's just genuinely disgusted and uncomfortable about it. And so he's trying to work his way around it, but still trying to be the kid's friend. And right, right you bring that up with parents when a, you know that's going there is that they're away with me and this happens. They're supposed to be under my godly protection, but I also got to be their friend. <laughs> so yeah. it's 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 a it, very it's a very post like 2012 like evangelical like problem that um i can see that this conversation happening with so many like youth pastors who want to be on the you know the leading edge of right um an acceptance uh, you know, want to be an ally. Yeah, the, the the needle of acceptance switched over very quickly, um, and you know, in a good way. And but you have this, you know, you have this character who you know he wants to be on the leading edge, wants to be like a good youth pastor, and good youth pastors are on the leading edge of thought, but has no idea how to talk about it. And then you know, at the same time is like yeah i'm not surprised that thomas is gay you know like completely you know stereotypes this kid for just being who this kid is and getting it wrong so very badly um (laughs) is is, it was so funny to me when we were writing it and i think it just started out like we knew there was gonna be a pantsing scene and then i think i think jeff you were just like what if he thought thomas was gay (laughs) And oh, I'll never forget just, that moment, Chris. It just grew out from there, and we we're like, "Yep, we got to do it. We got to try it." I, Chris, I, I only have to say that because I was on the train home from New York, 
And I remember saying, what if he thought he was giving him a blowjob and a woman looked at me? <laughs> and I'll never forget it because of that. And I was like, oh, this is awkward. <laughs> that that whole scene, the, the writing, the the delivery of everybody, and then and then Rachel's he likes Deb David. It's <laughs> so perfect at the end of there. Well, wait a minute, you like Deb? Yeah, of course I like Deb. She she knew about Nazareth. It's just so innocent. <laughs> and, and that scene's mostly uh, mostly improv. I would say. Unbelievable. 80%, 80% at least improv, right, Ariel? I would say so. There was definitely a really good structure in there that um that you that you had written and well we knew it was gonna be a sex talk scene for right. sure. And, and like she knew about Nazareth, that was written. Um mm-hmm. but there was there was so much we wanted it to be so much like chaos back and forth that it's so it's so hard. I think to get a scene down when uh, that has to be that real and that chaotic, you know, that quick, it needed to be faster. And that yeah. was, I think was the biggest thing is we were, we, at first it was a little too slow, still hilarious, but it was like, in reality, this is like really uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden it takes a turn, you know, <laughs> like when, when Pastor D starts thinking he, he was given a blow job. Yeah. <laughs> It, the look like... of processing in his eyes during that whole thing of just like, <laughs> wait a minute, what? No, Mark didn't do that to me. And then he's still, Mark didn't give me a blowjob, right? Like, <laughs> like he still doesn't quite get it. Like, did, did oh, I? So good. Right. And then Rachel being like, no, a blowjob is oral sex. And then Pastor D being say, like, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. It's so funny. I mean, being on set that day, that was like, I mean, to me, that's like the reason you make movies is because you find these moments that, I mean, like, I and I, I, I credit Ariel with so much of her ability to be, like, I think this is part of just like the group that I think we've been lucky enough to work with is when a scene's working, you know, it's good. But like when a scene's not totally working, you kind of know it if you have like people around you that are like trustworthy. And I think the best thing about our set was we were able to try things like this. I remember the three of us like being like, Oh my God, like what if he got confused with this type of thing and us just being able to like improv. Yes. And, and play with that and eventually end up with the scene you see there, which was totally there in the script. But I think there's just moments that we totally, like, you know, like I think David being confused about giving the kid a blowjob was not in the script. I think that was something we found on the day. Definitely yes. on the day. Yes, that was definitely on the day. Chris is like, I would never write that into a script. You sick? No, I I was jealous when I first saw the saw the movie, and I was like, I didn't write that. Damn it! It's so much funnier than what and I had. I mean, that's a mockumentary, right? Like that's yeah. That's why we love this format was because we like and being on a camp, right? Like, there's the whole like teaching Stephen how to build a fire thing. That was like, let's just loved it. And make a scene. Yeah, was amazing. Just, like, let's point the camera there and try something and he's so funny carl and just his reactions and the faces he makes it just made everyone's job so much easier yeah by the way that that's something like right he has three quarters of the movie with no speaking lines and his performance is awesome i, I loved the what what does unity make you think of america than the shirt points to the american flag <laughs> 
dude, that's a cool shirt. No reaction. <laughs> how much? How much? Did, Carl hated that, right? He did. I think, we right? we gave a, we gave a theater actor no lines. <laughs> he was so yeah. bad about it. He's he's a he. I, I mean, really, he's the only person though who could have done that role. I cannot imagine it being anybody else at this point. And I think he saw it. Eventually, he saw it as. A, a challenge and the challenge that he was going to like kick ass at and took it under under his um you know took it under his wing and he was like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna make Steven real because on paper it's so hard to write um a character that's mute <laughs> on paper <laughs> and for most of the movie um and it's a testament to to Carl's acting abilities to you know that he and to our cinematographer's ability of knowing to turn the camera to Steven when something happens or like when someone is talking to him and like knowing that comedic timing of like, you know, very Jim from the office type feel. Yes. Um, yeah. And, you know, you get so much personality just from that look. And, and a lot of people, and I personally, <laughs> I think the first time I saw the youth men in, in theaters with an audience, I got like teary-eyed when Steven started rapping yeah. because yeah. Carl does this thing that's like, he knows his character is like, I'm finally comfortable to be myself with these people. Yes, I know. Oh, I love it. It, it is. And, and again, that's another thing, right? Like you think about movies that have had sequences like that, where it comes off kind of like, oh, this came out of nowhere and I don't like it. And it's like a perfect character moment for Steven. Because it, it, he not only is is the rap hilarious, but he summarizes the whole movie. Yeah, right. And it, it, it's it's and and like he has a moment where he says something, and they cut to everybody, and they have like a funny face, and like a it's a connection with him and everybody. Like, no, he's literally been here, experiencing this with us the whole time, even yeah. though only the kids ever have moments where they say, "Oh yeah, you know, I was out." practicing you know bible jeopardy and and uh and steven was you know telling me if i got stuff right or wrong and you you can't tell at that moment if he's being cynical like you know then 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 i never get told if i get anything wrong steven doesn't talk you know but it's <laughs> but no it's it's more so that no steven is comfortable with each of them on their own mm -hmm. and because the movie's from the perspective of pastor d you know Steven doesn't want anything to do with Pastor D because he's trying too damn hard with him. Right. And so he doesn't open up to him, mm -hmm. you know? And it, it's just, I, I know that, you know, making a movie is a lot of parts, right? And sometimes they link in right, sometimes they don't. But this, I, I notice something new every time I watch it. And, and like I said, you know, I, I don't have a lot of time on my hands. So for me to say that I keep putting this on, it it just, it talks to me. It makes me, it makes me think about being a kid and, not you know there's been like people in generations before you know like they grew up in the 80s had you know films like um the breakfast club right it's like i was a teenager and then that speaks to me i wasn't but you know i grew up in that time period but i was saying to my brother you know him and i were talking about why the more recent spider-man movies don't work for us as well as the ones with toby Maguire, even though the marvel movies are great and you know the, the tom holland is great and it's got nothing to do with the quality of the films it has to do with they're being made focusing on a kid who's in high school now right and so right. we literally don't have a connection 
you know yeah. and and the movie you've made here for me this is like it's it's a movie like that for me it's like i've i've experienced all of this whether it was through scout camp or nature's classroom in elementary school everyone has this awkward away with during your formative years thing and everybody has met a counselor that's trying way too hard like jill <laughs> oh, Jill Rigotti. She is. She's also a theater actor and director. And I, my favorite, my favorite part of Jill's acting is her physicality. And she brought such a bright, overly peppy, you know, like but crunchy granola like attitude of like this female leader who I just, I just adored her, what she did with, with that character. It was so funny to me. <laughs> And you gave her, or she gave her character a lot of, um, a lot of background without having, you know, a ton of scenes. Like, she's only really there to be the creator of fun or, you know, whatever in a scene or be, be the peppy person. So we don't get to spend off camera time with her like we do with Pastor D or anybody else. But you get a lot of character from her, you know, yeah. just in just the way that she, you know, this is my first year doing this. So you start seeing there's a little bit of insecurity in, in her voice. So she's doubling down on, you know, and, and maybe the unity thing with everybody winning was her idea. So she kind of takes totally. a little bit of offense to it. You know what I mean? When, when, when David, did they hear me cursing? Oh yeah. Yeah. They <laughs> yeah. Um, but just, that that whole way about her uh, is this somebody that you went through through college with too, or is this someone you found for this movie? She was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. She was. She went to. So most of us, most of us all went to the same college in the film. Um, if not all of us, all of the I think everyone, everyone in the movie, every single one went to the same college except Pastor um, Bruce. Except for Pastor Bruce. Pastor Bruce. Oh yeah, he was great too. And. Um, yeah, Jill Jill did improv in college and she was very close with actually my sister. They were in um similar years in college at the at, at the college we went to. So they they were very tight. Yeah, she was hilarious. And, and again, it's you know, say a lot with limited scenes, right? She needs to be very big and bombastic and be that type of youth leader that both Jeff uh, both both um, Pastor D and his foil there are not right. They there's a reason why they're just the leaders of their church and not in Jill's position, right? She's better at this <laughs> than than they are. And, <laughs> and um, I, I talked a little bit about Gina. I wanted to double back around to her just because you know she's the forefront, like the main you know face in in mass hysteria. So it's somebody you know that you spend a lot of time within that movie and it's so great to see her playing such a different character in these two movies. Very yeah. different. Yeah. Just shows how, I mean, Gina's just so versatile and also as a comedian, she just, I, Gina is someone that I think anyone who's worked with her knows it's like a complete pleasure to work with Gina because she gives you so much. Every idea is great. She makes you feel amazing as a scene partner. And she's just so talented. She really can do so many different things. And I, I personally, I'm right with you, Chip, because I love watching Mass Hysteria, and I love watching her in this. And just, it just shows, I mean, she's so versatile. I really think she's crazy talented. Yeah, the one of my favorite bits, it's early on, is with her and Rachel, where she's like, so, you know, 
do you, do you have a dog there? I saw like a dog in your parents' car. I, I, I guess. What, what did she say? I guess you could. That makes sense. That. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm like, that is such a perfect, like, <laughs> that is exactly what this kid would say. <laughs> well, I, I mean, of course it makes sense. I'm assuming you didn't steal someone's dog. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Oh, I I just, yeah, Deb, that character, and the amount of work that Gina puts into her character, think about, you know, there are some actors who kind of, like, you know, hop right into things and, you know, just goof off. But yeah, Gina is the type of funny that is so calculated and planned. The amount of work she does for to, to prepare for a character is just... It's just astounding. It's she works very hard to develop every aspect of this character's lives, and I think the thing that when it made us laugh, the amount of times that we wouldn't be filming and we'd just be sitting around the fire just talking about like, oh, like Deb's parents are lesbians, and like, um, and like Hannah's, <laughs> like all of these different backstories that they had, and like you know, that how they related to each other, how their parents got along, like the amount of jokes and like backstory that came into this. And a lot of that has to do with, with Gina, because, you know, she found that to be really helpful and also really fun um, to, to really give these kids like real legitimate backstories. Yeah. And then you've got, you've got, you know, Hannah, who is, God, she's awesome too. And, and again, there's, you know, less like upfront like character with her you know there's no, not a whole lot of scenes but she's just always there to add like an exclamation point or you know her and mark's little sneaking around like where's hannah <laughs> like, you know and it's like oh man pastor d is it's just so dumb and um, so the the next thing and, and again actually before i move into the next thing um so i think the reason for some reason sometimes skype goes wonky when i switch out to my notes which is why i think you kept not hearing me so i was going to ask is is there anyone involved in the cast and crew that i haven't touched on that you guys wanted to give uh, a shout out to or make sure we touch on cuz i you know i didn't i wasn't there on set i don't know what you know was this like outside of the actors where there like five or six people around or was it just you know jeff with a camera and, and you guys holding lighting rigs you know what was it like so andy hansen um definitely needs a huge mention as our um our dp and cinematographer and camera operator and Corey hines was our second camera operator uh we had two cameras going the whole time sometimes we would split them off into different groups to get um, different scenes at the same time. Corey is married to Tori, plays Rachel in the movie. Awesome. Uh, yeah, and he's he's also a he's a wonderful wonderful person who was able to devote a lot of time to help us out with this. And um, Andy, the the skill set that he has, just being able to capture a scene, especially one that is completely improvised, completely on the fly, is just a true testament to to how good of a uh, cinematographer he is how good of a camera operator he is he was able to capture you know with those quick pans and in in the zooms like we wanted that feel of like guerrilla filmmaking and he captured that and uh under the under the direction of jeff uh, jeff is also like i just want to mention how much of um a camera director that jeff really is able to you know com communicate a story in that way and from the beginning jeff had a really uh clear vision of of what 
this is supposed to look like and feel like from the camera's perspective. So Andy and Jeff working together really, really made a great team and gave it that hilarious mockumentary feel where the camera was a part of the story that the camera was you, you know, (laughs) like the audience. Yeah. Like just turning your head and seeing some other ridiculous thing going on and some other dumb comment from pastor D or some, it, it just, and again, it, it all felt so natural. Like none of this felt caricature-y. That's not even a word. It's a technical term. I just made it up. But, you know, they all <laughs> felt like real people. There was never a time where even when it got ridiculous, like Pastor D was a normal level of just innocence and ignorance and inexperience and not, oh, yeah, this person could never exist, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. I, would, I, I mean, I think part of that is just we've all grown up in more or less meeting different versions of Pastor D. So it's been, Oh yeah. It was just so much, it was so easy because every idea was a good one and every idea was kind of affirmed by everyone else. It's like, Oh, my youth pastor did this. Like, Oh, I went to camp and I saw this. Like, um, and it would just, it just kind of snowballs from there. And, you know, I mean, I think part of that is just having a great support system around your whole crew. And, uh, there's, there's a, the next set of things I wanted to ask about, but I wanted to go get into one other just perfect character moment um, between Pastor D and, and Matt Proust there. Oh, Jacob Stefan. <laughs> Pastor Jacob. Pastor Jacob. Yeah, sorry. Well, I don't know why I was thinking Jimmy, but yeah, J- Jacob. And um, their little, the culmination um, where Rachel, you know, hey, look, he's getting his feet washed. You should go do that. And it, it was cool because the movie spent a lot of time I wouldn't say veering away from the Christianity and religion side, but like I said, it made it very much about the kids. And I like this, you know, almost it's almost like a dare thing from Rachel of, Hey, by the way, pastor D, this is something Jesus would do. You know, it's kind of like another thing. And the fact that they have to still turn that into a competition, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like you're right. That is like something Christ would do. In fact, I now would like to wash your feet and it just, (laughs) It, it's such a perfect character moment because it's like no one learning experience is not going to fix how silly these people are, right? The, the, there's more to it than that. But, you know, oh, we have a long drive. Sorry. No, no, I insist. How did it go? Oh, what fine. <laughs> it's so perfect. So the next thing I wanted to ask him, this is, so are, are you all originally from the North shore area around here in Massachusetts or where does everybody hail from? Cause I, I always forget. I uh, kind of bounced around as a kid in Massachusetts. So I've lived in multiple different places in all in Massachusetts though. Um, and uh, the college that we went to is on the North shore of Massachusetts. So that was, that was, that's kind of how, what brought us all there. Awesome. Okay. Cause I was going to say one of my favorite, Um, things and this does not take away my enjoyment from movies at all is recognizing locations right (laughs) Um, especially when like I I remember the movie Manchester by the Sea and I joked I'm watching it with my wife we're sitting there going wait a minute that camera angle direction was on this street in Lynn and then that angle was from here you can't get there from there you know just like and and I had said to Chris talking I was like oh that beach at the end is that singing beach he was like absolutely and I, I was thinking I'd go Wait a minute. Singing Beach isn't in Vermont. They said they had an eight-hour drive after that. (laughs) Which we didn't even do the math on that. We just, I think, I think that was improvised. Jeff just was like, eight hours. 
<laughs> well, and what's what's even yeah. funnier is, and again, this, it's just, and Jeff is always like, it always seems to be eight hours for Jeff because they had been driving for a bit. What did you drive horizontally? Like, what's going on? <laughs> but um, the the other thing, so so that was just a real fun one. And then Chris had had let in to let me know where the camp was because I was thinking I had maybe gone there before because there were a couple things in it that looked very familiar, but I hadn't in fact. But tell me a bit about the camp and the locations, like where. Because the camp was a Christian camp, the church. Yeah. I'm assuming where you filmed was a real church. Was it hard to like get an in to film at these places, considering that the subject matter could be? Ta- oh, you're going to make fun of us? Hell no! Or, you know, how did that work out? Yeah, that that's a really great question. I mean, we were definitely really worried about telling, being really open. We weren't we weren't dishonest. We just were like very withholding of like some of the content when we asked to use certain spaces um, because we just didn't want to scare anyone off and a lot of it was we were reaching out to friends of friends who had connections the camp right. Groundwood um, they're a wonderful camp Groundwood out in um, in kind of like central mass um, eastern central mass and um, in Groton Massachusetts if anybody knows of Groton a small town um, and it is a Christian camp for kids and special needs adults. And I actually worked there filming, um, and taking pictures for their camp and teaching like a little film class once. And um, oh, cool. so I had connections with them and we wanted to, you know, pay them, but they gave us, they gave us a pretty, pretty nice discount. Um, and, uh, we stayed there. We slept in the cabins and filmed there. And it was just, the, that was like the most fun. And if I could like recreate that experience, I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, and then there was um, a church in Lynn. Um, but I can't remember the name of right now. That was also. So it was in Lynn. Okay. I don't remember yes. the name of it either, but I'm like, I know that church. And that's why I wanted to ask. Yes. Um. I have to let me see if I can look it. I. I'm gonna try to look it up. <laughs> hey, if if you don't, you can send it after, and I can just put it in the liner notes. But it's like I'm watching it, and I'm getting distracted because I'm like, I've been in that building, like That's I've funny. I've played basketball on that basketball court. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't Saint Pius. It didn't look exactly like Saint Pius. I know that, but it's it's one of those. I think it's East Baptist Church. That sounds right is it's it, it, it's such a good location because it looks so authentic you know like and i go authenticity in a church is a church is a church but there's something about the look of it the way that building because not every church has a facility that you could use for like youth group stuff like that right you know that's a very um you know sometimes they're smaller sometimes the that that facility is in a different building so there's something about the campus of that church area that just really struck a chord the van that you know, Pastor D shows up and is totally the van that they always use. You know, there's it, it's just all the same kind of thing. Um, another thing I thought was great was that was the uh, the, the Beverly Rest stop you guys pulled into, right? Yes. yes. Yep. So getting getting to Vermont from uh, 128 North is going to be an interesting drive. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, I just find that stuff fun. I'm like, I, I love seeing things that I recognize, um, it, you know, in, in movies. It's great. So, uh, Oh man, I, I want to make sure I, I give you guys a chance. One, I, I absolutely adored your movie. I thank you so much for for giving me the time to to talk it out with you. And um, I wanted to make sure I gave you a chance to, you know, 
is there anything I missed? Again, I'll say it again. Do you guys want to add anything or tell people where they might be able to see or get it? Or is that too much of a sore subject right now? <laughs> Whatever it is, just uh, lay, lay it on me. And, and again, I really, a pleasure to meet you, Ariel, and a pleasure to talk to you again, Chris and Jeff. It's really, really awesome. Well, thank you, Chiba, for having us again. We very much appreciate it. Um, Ariel, uh, I just sent a text message, but we are officially 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes as of today. So, Oh, I wanted a tomato so bad. I yeah, we got our tomato, so that's good. Um, you know, Youth Bin, we made so long ago, and it's so we're so happy to be able to finally uh, 100% share it. And, um, you know, the same goes for all indie film is, uh, word of mouth, um, really gets us by. Um, so if you really liked it, you know, share the trailer, uh, share it with your friends. And right now, uh, if you want to watch it right now, I believe you can only watch it on Vimeo, but it yep. will be coming to other services soon. Amazon and iTunes. Amazon and iTunes. That's it. Amazon and iTunes. Um, and then maybe even more in the future. Uh, but uh, just buy such it, great rent it and review it and rate it. Rate it. And review it. Yeah. Helpful things. That they are going to make it. So when you rate something, especially on Amazon, so even if you watch it on Vimeo and then later when it comes on Amazon, like write a review for it, give it all the stars and write a review because that actually drives more people to the film um just the the way the algorithms work so if you could do that that would be a huge help that's awesome give give these guys your support everyone that's listening um i've now seen two of their movies they're both fantastic um i would say you know if, if you have the extra cash lying around this is you know one of those things where a blind purchase even if you're going to watch it later, you're not, you know, supporting folks like this is, is awesome because this is an independent movie. This is a local independent movie where people put their blood, sweat and tears into it. And I could easily see this, you know, alongside any movie in a regular theater and see it playing well, playing great to an audience. And the more of you that like it and enjoy it means that there's a chance that, you know, when we're actually able to go to movie theaters again, I might get to see it someday. Because I would love to sit in a theater with all of you and just watch and laugh at your movie. I really would. We would love that too. <laughs> I was telling uh, Chris, um, Cinema Salem's opening back up. Yes. Which, yeah. which is which is wonderful because we thought we lost them, and so uh, you know they have a new ownership. They're hiring back the old employees, so maybe maybe someday this in Mass Hysteria double feature. It'll be a very very fun double feature, I'd say. <laughs> Yeah, we actually had our um, pre-premiere at Cinema Salem because um, Jill, who who plays the peppy uh, camp director, um, she's very good friends with Paul Van Ness, who was yep. one of the theater, and I used to work for Paul Van Ness, so we we were very sad to see that it might have gone away, but but I'm so glad that that theater is back. Me too. I proposed to my wife there. Um, oh, I in 2014. 2013 2014 the years I, I made a video i made a trailer and um i knew people that knew people that worked there and so they let me play the trailer um instead of another thing we were supposed to be there to watch and it, it was awesome oh that's awesome 
Yeah, so I have, I have, my heart is tied to that place, and I'm so glad it's coming back. Yay! And you know, I guess give a uh, a special shout out too for the 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 people, the person. Sorry, the people. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> there's multiple people in there. Kay from Salem Horror Fest who connected me with you guys originally. So um, uh, thank her so much for the connection through Mass Hysteria, and then our our continued. Um, discussions and I, I hope to be there to talk about every new thing you make and maybe if you're making a local movie again I could stop by and um, Im- improvise with Stoneface Thomas who, <laughs> who, who, somehow, who somehow is like playing like a staring game with everybody and they're all just laughing and he's I just don't know where my water bottle is <laughs> it's so perfect you won't, you guys, you won't, you won't win I know right Th- this was an absolute joy um, and oh, and what's the is it is it your production company that was it FN? What is that or is that just films? What first names films? Awesome. Okay, and do and yes. Yeah, so I'll I'll have all the stuff in the uh, in the liner notes for this too, so people can support you guys and check out your other stuff. And again, thank all three of you, Ariel, Jeff, and Chris, for shooting the shit with Chippa today. And thank you all for listening. And please go off you waff. Waff Youthman. Waff it. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. I don't care. Please go watch Youthman. <laughs> Thank you, Chippa. Thank you so much. Thank you. Th- Thank you, guys.